everyone, and welcome back to Can't Hardly Wait Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1998 graduation party classic Can't Hardly Wait, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And it's minute 30, which begins with the guitarist saying, I'm wearing it for publicity, and goes through the <sighs> girl whose party it is, sniffing a sneaker belonging to someone wearing super baggy jeans. But who could it be? Who could it be now? So... I think the first thing we need to talk about is, is it okay or not okay, as the singer claims, to wear a t-shirt of the band you are currently performing in? So I am one of those people who does not have a problem with people wearing the shirt of the band that they are going to see. Right. I know many people, I believe you included, prefer not to. Anyone who has a problem with that has seen the movie PCU and has taken Jeremy Piven to heart. Oh, and that's not a not necessarily the best look. Jeremy Piven is somewhat problematic. Yeah. Um I think that I prefer to go one degree out so that it's not like, yes, we're all in agreement. We're already here to see this, so I know you like my shirt. It's like you like this band, so I bet you'll like this band. Sure. Like I'll wear a Doomtree shirt at a Dessa show. Des is on Doomtree, so it's like wearing a Beatles shirt to a John Lennon concert. Sure. So that, I'm okay with that. I'm even okay with if you are at a Taylor Swift concert and you want to wear your favorite Taylor Swift shirt to the show, have an absolute blast. And if yeah. you buy a shirt at the concert and you want to put it on, go ahead. I don't know that Taylor Swift should wear a Taylor Swift shirt. Not that that would be in any way like, even, like, a Taylor Swift crop top with bedazzled face. No, 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 no. Yeah, so, yeah. So, while I am not bothered by wearing a Fallout Boy shirt to a Fallout Boy concert, like, I mean, you know, I just, I know enough people who are bothered by it that I don't do it, but I also don't look at other people and go, what are you doing, you loser? Right. So, but I do kind of draw the... If you're doing it ironically, yeah. like if you're wearing one of the concert, like if you go out and you're wearing one of the concert t-shirts that they are selling in the merch stand. Right. And you're like, hey, who got a shirt? I got a shirt. Yeah. We can all be twinsies. That I feel like is one thing, but this guy is wearing the shirt that is for sale, but he's not doing it ironically. He's doing it for publicity. And that, I think, I have to side with the singer that it's not the best look. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I Like, if you are in a situation where you have spilled something on a shirt and the only shirt available is you have a box full of these shirts, fine. That mm -hmm. is a circumstance, sure. whatever. He is doing it on purpose. He is not doing it ironically. Yeah. He's doing it because the shirt looks cool. He's not wrong. The shirt looks super cool, and I would love to have one. Sure. I would love to have one. That's one of the reasons why you have opening acts is because then you can, mm -hmm. they have merch too. You wear their merch, they wear your merch. Mm -hmm. And then you get the publicity, but you aren't being that guy. Uh, I've also seen, I don't remember what band it is. It feels like a sort of Blink-182 or Green Day joke, but it could be like the Ataris or something that was um, just in sort of plain like, I made this t-shirt myself letters, like uh -huh. Green Day sucks. That would be okay. a fine t-shirt to wear. Even if you were selling it at the sure. merch store, if 
Billy Joe Armstrong, again, this is not how he comes out and performs because he has suits and stuff, but... Sure. If he was wearing a Green Day Sucks shirt, I would yeah. I would be fine with that. Because it, yeah. it, it because has again, an irony built ironic. in. Right, exactly. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So. But this guy is wearing the shirt in just so much sincerity. Mm-hmm. He's so earnest about it. He, he really like, is. no, the shirts are cool, and this will give us publicity. Because... Us taking over half of the living room and playing music isn't enough publicity. <laughs> right. In this small house party. <laughs> right. I mean, it's not a small party because it's a huge party. Right. But, like, it's not like they're in a stadium and they're the opening act right. and they need publicity. No, no. Yeah. Like, they're the only live band there. They are the, literally they the only the game in town. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this, this guy who I have previously characterized as looking like he is in a ska band, mm-hmm. this shirt only makes it more so with its yep. red and yellow on a blue with his suspenders over it. He, mm-hmm. if he just started, he, I mean, like he couldn't almost be, not be any more of a ska musician without picking up a home, putting down his guitar and picking up like a trombone. Like, yeah, which it wouldn't surprise me if that happened. Then, <laughs> then curly hair. So, the singer's like, you are, you can't wear the t-shirt of, of the band you're in. And then Curly Hair, you know, DJ Khaled's brother, is like, hey, those shirts look cool. I want one. Toss me one. <laughs> yeah. And the singer's like, no, don't toss him one. No. <laughs> and then Donald Faison, with just the best comic timing Oh, I love it. He says, hey, if they get to wear shirts, maybe I should wear this hat. And he puts on the Kenny Chesneyest cowboy hat I've seen outside of Kenny Chesney's wardrobe. Like, it's like a giant straw cowboy hat, and it's like it's it's curved why? in the way that that shows that he clearly wears it. Like it's not new. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why? What? I have so many questions. He brought it why, with him. Why does he have this, <laughs> both in general and also with him? Right. Like, he doesn't look like the type of dude who just wears a cowboy hat on the regular. <laughs> but I I don't, I'm, I'm just, I'm baffled. And I love it. I, I, want, I wish, I'm glad we don't because it's funnier to picture. But it's so funny to me to picture Donald Faison loading into this, like, nice house his drums with this hat on like hey yes it's me donald Faison. here's my hat and that oh, it's so funny and the singer's like what the hell is what the hell is that he's like a hat <laughs> in a, <laughs> he, he doesn't he do like a hat he like does the the drumsticks like a hat yeah in sort of a similar to i'm keeping it real from clueless like he's like uh-huh. there's no argument to be had here it's a hat what is the question yeah so then, uh, then I guess Brecken, the singer throws us. I haven't seen the, the singer smoking. I've seen the guitar player smoking. But Breckenmeyer for sure throws a lit cigarette down onto the ground in frustration. Oh, he does. Okay. I, there, Lorelai had come downstairs while I was watching this minute uh-huh. because she needed, um, she had a bug bite and needed itch cream. Mm-hmm. And she kept trying to talk to me and I kept trying to, like, rewind to rewatch the parts that and I kept yeah. going way too far back so there was stuff in this minute that 
there were two things in this minute that I, I missed. I wrote, someone, question mark, throws a cigarette. Right. Um, I guess it was Breckenmeyer. I don't remember him having a cigarette in his hand prior to that. I, I feel like, I wonder, Breckenmeyer, I think that, what if he, like, hits someone's cigarette out of their hand in frustration, like a crowd, like a crowd member, an audience member? That's possible. Because what happens is it goes to the curtains and lights them on fire. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes, that is what happens. The end result is... It doesn't really is, matter where the cigarette comes from. The, what matters is that now the house is on fire. While they, while Brecken and Donald are arguing, Klepto Kid comes up and steals a t-shirt, which I think is okay. maybe the best call. That was my, my note was, stealing guys steal something, Lorelai came in and distracted me. And I tried to rewind yeah. three times and it kept happening. So I was like, you know what? James will tell me what klepto guy stole. Mm-hmm. He he walks up, he looks around, he reaches over and steals, a, puts a shirt on in his jacket and walks away. Okay. So then we cut back to the argument where Donald Faison calls Breckenmeyer, says that Breckenmeyer is looking like the white artist formerly known as Prince, which, accurate. It isn't yeah. accurate. Um, and I just wanted to really quickly, I don't have, I didn't take lots and lots of notes, but I wanted to address the joke of the artist formerly known as Prince because it's kind of a brown M&M's sort of like it seems silly, but it actually has a specific purpose sort of deal. Okay. So in, it says in 1993, in rebellion against Warner Brothers, which refused to release his enormous backlog of music at a steady pace, Prince formally adopted the love symbol as his stage name. So it's that like, it's like a combination of the male and female symbols with like a a little like curve coming off of it. It's the sim the symbol that means prince, um, which is called love symbol number two, I believe. To use the symbol in print media, Warner Brothers organized a mass mailing of floppy disks with a custom font. So they had to send to the publications software that had this thing on it so that they could type about him because they couldn't say prince. So then he also, at the same time, was referred to as the artist formerly known as Prince or just the artist. So right. it seems like a sort of diva sort of maneuver. And in a way it was, but in another way, it was sort of a very calculated way of of sort of sticking it to Warner Brothers. Sure. So I just wanted to, to put that on tape for people listening because the artist formerly known as Blank is sort of a, a go to late 90s trope of a joke. Sure. And I just wanted to, to give some information about that. Yeah. So then Breckenmeyer responds, listen here, Hootie. Yep. And Donald Faison <laughs> says, Hootie, which is hilarious. And I wanted to, uh, not very accurate, although I will say that Darius Rucker from Hootie and the Blowfish, who mm-hmm. Breckenmeyer is referring to, went on to have a country career. So Cowboy yes. has not an entirely wrong thing to call him Hootie. Just really quick about Hootie and the Blowfish and the name. Darius Rucker and Mark Bryan met in Columbia, South Carolina in the mid-80s when they were both freshmen at the University of South Carolina. Bryan was a guitar player and he heard Rucker singing in the showers of the dorm they shared and was impressed by his vocal ability. They began playing cover tunes as the Wolf Brothers, which is a badass name. Eventually, they collaborated with bassist Dean Felber, a former high school bandmate of Brian's, and Brantley Smith, a drummer, and soon adopted the name Hootie and the Blowfish in 1986. The name is a conjunction of the nicknames of two of their college friends. Okay. The band is routinely featured in articles and polls about badly named bands, and Rucker is often mistaken as being the Hootie in the band's name. Okay. For instance, in Friends, 
Monica makes out with one of the band members that isn't Darius Rucker of Hootie and the Blowfish in a season two episode. And she says, this would be the work of a blowfish pointing to a hickey. So okay. um, the band isn't Hootie, who is the singer, and the blowfish, which is the band. It is their buddy, Nick, and their other buddy, John, were Hootie and the Blowfish. And they're like, that's our band name for some reason. <laughs> yeah, random. Um, did you catch the rest of the line after? Did he say, Hootie, I'll give you Hootie? No, he says, Hootie, you look like Lestat. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Also accurate. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, Breckenmeyer is wearing like a purpley wine colored velvet jacket with like a frill at the neck and the sleeves yeah it's like ron it's like ron weasley's dress robes right from goblet of fire only he did it on purpose and he's not poor <laughs> yes and he does look like a white version of prince and he also does look like the vampire lestat so just really quick lestat de Lioncourt is a fictional character appearing in several novels by anne rice including the vampire lestat he is, a, he is the, a vampire who was the narrator and anti-hero of the majority of the Vampire Chronicles, including in, Interview with a Vampire. And uh, the book that I read for my uh, my appearance on Judging Book Covers, um, which it was about the, the sequel to Interview with a Vampire, uh, Queen of the Damned. Lestat was played by Tom Cruise in Interview with a Vampire. Yep. So that's just a real quick... Um, who is Lestat? What is the reference? He does look like a vampire. Um, yep. that, is a, that is also a correct ass- assessment of yes. his outfit. And then all the only notes I have are the girl whose party it is finds the fire. And she's like, this is why I told you no smoking in the house. Which fair. And then she puts it out with a decorative pillow that is like yeah. one of those embroidered, it says something, you know, live, laugh, love or whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, I hope that... That's not a nice pit. Like, you know, what are you going to put it out with? That's fine. But like, I never noticed that it was a decorative pillow until this, we're watching it for this podcast. Yeah. And then the worst thing that could happen when you're the host of a party with a bunch of people happens. She smells poop. She smells poop. And then she crawls around the house, sniffing people's shoes and going, does somebody have poop on their shoe? (laughs) So that's like the last probably seven seconds of this minute is her crawling around sniffing shoes. Which is, she does fantastically. It seems. Yep. Exactly. Um, I, I personally, as my flavor of comedy, don't love potty humor or bathroom jokes or whatever. However, I will say that there is a way to pronounce the word poop. That is funny. That is hilarious. And she hits it. The only, yes. the only, it's like very prim. Yes. And aghast. Mm-hmm. Because she, like, I mean, she is dolled up for mm-hmm. a party. She looks like she should be at a cocktail party. Yeah. And she is somehow the hostess of this teenage rager. Right. Where someone just lit the curtain on fire and now there's poop. Yeah. And she doesn't know where it is. <laughs> and she has... Except in her nose. Right. One thing is, I don't want to delve too deeply into this, but it might not be poop on someone's shoe. It could be just that someone smells bad near her, which seems possible. She is down yeah. on the floor near butts. Yeah. 
So somebody could have farted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. So uh, the only other movie that I can think of where the execution of the word poop makes me laugh is in Billy Madison when they light a bag of, of poop on fire and put it on this old man's and he says, oh no, there's poop in here. And that's fine. But the way that Billy Madison is like, oh my God, he said poop is what makes the joke for me. Because it is it is the uncoolest way to, to refer to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that is all I have for this minute and this week. Same. Cool. You want to give us some social media? Yes. Let's, let's take us on home. Um, we have a... Twitter handle for this podcast, which is je underscore minute movies, uh, where you can tweet us about this and any movies going forward from here on out. Um, we also are individually on Twitter. I am at unabashed James. I am at unabashedly Aaron. We are part of the Scavengers Network, which has a Patreon. It is at patreon.com slash the Scavengers Network. For $2 a month, you can get access to all sorts of bonus content. Um, Aaron and I write every other month. We write a list of recommendations that we need to probably do for this month, probably. Yep. <laughs> and then on alternating months, we'll write a newsletter. One of us will write a newsletter about something related to something. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Generally, um, we try to have some sort of justification about the movie that we're talking about in some way. Yeah. But there's also um, audio content from other shows that Aaron and I do or... Other shows that, uh, I'm going to blow your minds here for a second, Brace Yourself, not shows that Aaron and I do, other shows that mm -hmm. exist. There are other people on this network. Like Theor a lot of Theoretically, yeah, and exactly. And a lot of other shows on this network <laughs> that yeah. James and I are not involved in. Yet. Technically. <laughs> we, we slowly spread out like the nothing. Also, great UFO callback. Thank you. So go, go to patreon.com slash the scavenger network. And for at least $2 a month, you can get access to the bonus content. You are surely welcome to get more. There are more tiers um, that get you access to more stuff like merch and stuff like that. But uh, the $2 a month is, is what we suggest because it gets you access to lots and lots and lots of content. Yep. So uh, that is going to do it for this week. Uh, we'll join you next week, starting the second half hour of the movie. Mm-hmm. This movie that is just chock-a-block full of content, i it's amazing. Um, it makes the other movies we've done look positively, like, slow and, like, laconic. Like, yeah. wow, they really took their time on Crossroads, like, really establishing scenes and letting things play out and stuff. It's like, no, yep. this is like, no, 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 scene over, scene over. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah. Love it. So fast. Yeah. They cram a lot of stuff into... A relatively short amount of time considering that, how much stuff there is and you know i mean what they say about time right james i i do think i know what they say about time time is honeys go hot dogs the scavengers network creator driven community focused treasured content